listening to The Real. Man, I appreciate them dudes for talking about The Raw. Wait, they were talking about The Relatable. That's exactly what I've been going through. The Relentlessly Real Podcast. Welcome to The Relentlessly Real Podcast, where we discuss real, raw, and relatable topics. Thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. Let's kick this off with some introductions. My name is John, and I'm... I'm Antonio. And I'm Terrence. And we have a special guest today that I'm super excited about. Miss Alicia is <laughs> on the line with us. Hey, Alicia. Hi. So listen, guys. So we have um, this particular podcast episode is going to be for everyone dealing with COVID and everything like that. We're going to talk about depression today. Like We're going to deal with some, some kind of heavy topics to hopefully help everyone cope with this different, this different kind of issue that we've never, it's unprecedented, never dealt with it before. We wanna make sure we um, provide some, some level of information of how to deal with the, the depression you're gonna go through, what have you. But, but so before we get to any of that, how you guys been doing with all this COVID stuff going on? I, let's start with T. T, how you feeling, man? Man, it's been, uh, don't, the, the only good thing that's came out of it is that I've like done a lot of projects. Um, like I pretty much painted, I painted my basement, which I'm in now. I've painted my living room, mounted a few ceiling fans, bought a new TV, mounted a TV. Oh. Uh, like I've done a lot of projects, um, but still trying to run. A, a, did you have a house before you had this, before COVID? I didn't have a you house. Know, you're putting up fans <laughs> and walls. Yeah, and- man. <laughs> I'm a, and, I, and I just spoke to one of my friends, uh, well, what my actually my principal's husband, who knows how to build a deck? Because I might even build a deck um, since we're gonna be out for another month. Okay, enough, Terrence. Enough. Sure. You're, not, you're well, not about to build a deck. He, he, no, I'm sure he does it. He does it. He's he. But you so say he, you're about to build a deck. Which means, okay, not by myself, Jonathan. Okay. He's going to help me build right. a deck. You gonna be spread lies? There. I'm about to say I ain't letting you go spread that lie, brother. No, he's gonna help. Listen, listen. You know what? My wife said the same thing. She didn't mm-hmm. think I could do a lot. She was like, Jesus, you really are handy. Like, what you what you what you think? Like, what you thought? You know, you know all this is gonna play against you when you're like, I don't know how to do that. And you're like, but you built this wall and you got this that. TV and you painted that. this. Yeah, you just wait till COVID's over. She's like, I want a brand new house and I want you to build it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thought about that. I want a garden with a with a greenhouse. You can do yeah. it. <laughs> We're raised bed. Yeah. Exactly. You're, I, I act like I don't know how to do nothing. I'm like, I have no clue. I have no I'm clue. I'm with you, John. <laughs> that keeps me safe. What about you, Tom? What's up, man? Um, I'm good. You know, being a slight introvert has helped. Don't really care that much that I'm not leaving the house, but um, I at least want some warm weather, you know. Other than when's that, last, I'm good. When's the last time you left the house? Um, I think last week, last Sunday, we went to the grocery store. Wow, man. Yeah, and that was it. Other I'm in the grocery store every day. Yes, be pissing me <laughs> off. Oh. She be pissing me off. Don't you want to go? No, you go. Nope. But, you're, but you're my protector. We go inside the grocery store once every two weeks. We do Target pickup, curbside pickup, if yeah. we need some light. But yeah, That's literally good. every day I've been out. Like every every day, maybe maybe once once. It's been more so that like one or two days I haven't been out, but for the most part, I'm why? going to the grocery. Well, I don't know why. I think I need. Do you not I go to grocery list? No, we do. But man, we spend hundreds of dollars and still be like, man, we forgot the watermelon. We got to get the watermelon, so we got to go back out. Watermelon. 
when you have a daughter that's like, I want melon, and she say it over and over and over and over and over again, you get okay, the melon. Okay, that's different. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, what about you, Lisa? What's going on with you? Um, we are currently at my in-laws' house, so I'm grateful that um we have some place to stay. But you know, it would be nice to, I guess, have our own our own space or you know, definitely be uh, traveling like we were. So I mean, but other than that, I'm grateful just to have some place to to stop. Can I just pause real quick? Yeah, mm-hmm. we have all these all all the types of headphones and computers set up. And Alicia got the the Apple joints, and them joints are so clear. Like, right. It's not Apple. It's, whatever they are, they're like the so, like the like the they came yeah, with the phone, right. and it's just so clear. Yeah. Everything she said was like every syllable was enunciated. Like I do hear better than I hear anything else that I'm like. Yes. Oh right. yay, Samsung for the win. Okay. Samsung. Uh, yeah. Don't do this. All right. <laughs> them we knew that. Oh, really? If we knew that, we probably wouldn't have said nothing. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so anyway, yeah, man, I feel you on that. Like, I know you guys, um, you travel a lot. Like, can you explain to the audience that doesn't know you, like, kind of what you and your husband are doing right now? Sure. Um, so last March, we decided um, that we were going to full-time RV. I mean, it started because we were living in D.C. and the prices were rising where we were living and we couldn't afford it. And so we were trying to figure out how we could travel, but also like save money and create more margin for ourselves. So we moved into an RV and from last June until literally like January, um, we've been traveling the country. So we've been to Colorado, New Mexico, that far West over back to Florida. And then we came up here and then that's when everything, you know, uh, (laughs) fell apart. (laughs) So So how has that been? Y'all been, y'all been loving that. Or, or I don't yeah. want to put words in your mouth. No, no, no. So it's been really cool to travel. I think um, we didn't really expect for travel to be so taxing. I think it could be really exhausting, like just being on the go all the time, not being around like your people, um, also not knowing what area you're really in, what kind of people you're dealing with in the places that we're going. Um, and it al- it also gets kind of expensive. So even though we started this experiment with like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's save some money. Um, we count gas, especially with RVs. Like I think we get like, 12 miles per gallon on, on the thing. Mm, so. mm, that's <laughs> so, awful. Yeah, it's horrible. But, but it's good right now, right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. the gas is like, what, a dollar now or something? Yeah, but, I mean, we can't go anywhere because now, like, the campgrounds and stuff are closed. So uh, I was wondering yeah. why you were staying, staying with, with family. So mm-hmm. campgrounds are closed. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. So. Got you. That's crazy. So what do other people do when they have RVs and they what they go back home or something? Like, they don't have a home. That's their home, right? Yeah, some, some people, they actually, like... um they live like they don't have anywhere else to go. So some of them live like on um, BLM land. So it's like bureau land management. Like it's just like um, just open spaces or like in forests and stuff like that. But people also live in parking lots. People also live like on streets, you know, it's kind of wow. like a, it, it's, it's crazy because it's glorified. Like RVing is so like, oh, it's, you know, this is really luxurious, but people are li- yeah. literally living in their cars because they don't have anywhere else to live. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, right. so, mm-hmm. Even like we were talking earlier about like our YouTube channel and stuff, our goal was not to glamorize it and to make it seem like, oh yeah, let's, you know, everybody should get an RV and just, you know, do the thing. Like, no, we did it because it's what we could afford. And, but also like people like really trying to highlight other people who are living day to day, like just in their vehicles. So it's mm-hmm. it's been really complicated for a lot of people who are RVing or living in their cars or vans. So 
Yeah. It's pretty dope. It's you know, I've watched a couple episodes, so it's pretty dope to see how real you guys get, you know, with, you know, the challenges and the real <laughs> of, you know, living the RV life, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty dope. Hey, Alicia, drop your information uh, via YouTube for people to follow you for the RV. Oh, uh, sure. So on YouTube, um, it's The Adventures of Fox and Miles. Um, those are like our aliases because people are, you know, creepy. So <laughs> we just wanted to <laughs> you know, use those names. So yeah, The Adventures of Fox and Miles. Yeah. Got you. Love it. Um, so anyway, we are going in the midst of the COVID, guys. We are deep into it. We wanted to make sure that we continue to create uh, podcast episodes for everyone to be able to listen to and be able to enjoy, um, you know, what we normally will be having um, week, from week to week or every other week, we would be discussing various topics and things. And we want to keep things going. Um, as you guys know, Mike is uh, not a part of the podcast for the next couple of weeks until he graduates from, uh, uh, what is it, getting a PhD or something. He's getting, becoming a pastor or something, I believe. And yeah. so, so with that, we have our boy Tony filling in. Um, and he's been helping us out a lot. And I've been really appreciative of that. Um, so Tony's going to do our trending topic for today. Tony, you can hit it, man. Yo, so um, so recently something came up, you know, I think through TikTok, which is a new social media thing, um, where there was this young Caucasian couple that uh, thought it would be funny to put together how to make a nigger. Um, so they go in the bathroom and they are like dumping all the things in the sink that will make a nigger, uh, which is like, you know, don't have a job, rob people, um, just a lot of different things. They're black. Um, and it's pretty much stirring up the, you know, the black community. You know, we haven't had anything like this in a, in a, in a little while, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you want to find it on Instagram, just type in hashtag how to make a nigger and um, it should pop up. There's some people who can't, <laughs> people who can't wait to type that in. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to type that. I can type that. Right. You can type that. <laughs> what do you think about it? Um, so I just think, I just, <laughs> as, an, as a school administrator, like, you two are the dumbest people I've ever seen in my life, like on the planet. I don't understand these kids. And I, I, before I judge them, I don't know what I would have done if I was 14, 15, 16, 17, and there was social media. So I'm really not judging. But at the same time, you have to understand the times that you're living in. Like, you can't post that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you shouldn't think it. You shouldn't record it. But, but God, you know, it's your free free mind. You, you, you could maybe send it to a friend. I wouldn't even advise that. But you posted it yourself? Like, yeah. Like, they they like, went in, like, eat, eat fried chicken and watermelon. Don't wow. have a dad. Wow. And then the, the interesting part was when they went to make good decisions, there was nothing to pour in. To pretty much say that we don't make good decisions. <laughs> wow, yeah, that was that was the that was like. What did you think about it, Tom? It was. I said wow first, and I was like, you know what? This is a problem only because they're Caucasian. Like, yep. You think if a black person this... did that post, you don't think that a black like he wouldn't get the same heat? 
somewhat, but I think we'll use the word, you know, a different word. Um, not saying it's okay. That's not what I'm saying. He would be Uncle um, Tom. He would be considered Uncle Tom. You know, he, yeah, he's like, it's, it's by the black community. Yeah, I wish it didn't happen, but people are stupid. You know, you still live in a time where you know privilege is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you have people that think, oh, it's you know freedom of speech. I don't have to care about anybody else. You know, this is what I want to say. Um, so I am glad that there were repercussions to it. Oh, what like, they got expelled from their school. Like the next day. Yeah, like almost immediately they got expelled for it. It and, wasn't this huge like political thing where they got to do all the background research. And, and let me tell you, like, oh. you know the hoops you have to go through to a, a, a expelling somebody is different from like suspending to the board or like 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 to expel somebody, that means they are not invited back to a school in that district. Right. Like your education no longer matters. <laughs> That's basically what they said. So and they got to go to another school. They got to go to another they school. Have to, I don't know if they can find one. They have. They would have to go to private school at this point. In other words, that public school system is no longer concerned with their education. Yep. You have been removed, and like that is a process. And to do it in less than twenty four hours. Like, bravo to that school district to make that decision. Wow. And then, like, you're not even in school right now. Like, right. <laughs> you are the That's dumbest right. people I've ever seen. It's, you yeah. lost your job on the day off. Like, right. Craig, Craig. Well, 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 begs the question. I mean, and I'm not on the defense of this particular conversation, but it begs the question, how much reach does the school have on, like, when it's a thing, a matter of the home? Like, it's something that happens at home. Via, yeah. Obviously, it's on video, but... Can, like you know, isn't that a little bit farther scope than the authority. research? It's called scope of authority. So, uh -huh. like your your scope of authority, if if it impacts the safety and well being of the people at your school, you have a right to to, to assign disciplinary actions. Yep. And I most see. of those kids have probably signed some some form of a handbook. The parents have probably some find some like if it's a great school district, some sort of handbook, you know, and where they've like agreed to, you know. They probably haven't read it. That's how my kids are. They don't read it. They just yeah. don't, they don't it. read policies. No, they don't. Yeah, it, that's they the school because I pay taxes. This is my home. You can't do anything about it. You know, mm -hmm. like it's it shines light on so many other problematic areas. Mm -hmm. That um, that's gonna lead to a fight. Like that's yeah. gonna that would they would go back to if this if they were actually in school, it's gonna lead to a community issue. People knew who they were. I mean, they, their names are viral. Matter of fact, yeah. I should. I should highlight their names so people can know, so because I, I want them to never get a job. Yeah. And I actually like saying the they actually saying the actual N word. Yes, and Jeff they wrote it down. They're literally showing the N word. That's the hashtag. They're saying it. They're showing it. Um, Jeffrey Hume and Stephanie Freeman, and the girl Stephanie Freeman. There is such a common name that other people have have put out videos saying. I am not her. Right. <laughs> okay. Right, right. I, I am a I am a thirty year old woman with a job. Yeah. Please stop following me. <laughs> like, That's crazy. Like, what do you, you think? Know? Any any thoughts you have listened to this topic? I mean, I didn't know they were in high school. because uh, they look grown to me. But I mean, so that there's a certain amount of, I guess, like, oh, they're childish. But at the same time, it's like even if they are childish they're still of age to be able to form their own opinions to, <laughs> to, to, um, yeah. to, even though that, you know, they say like your brain's not fully developed until you're like into your twenties. Yeah. I still feel like at 16, 15, 14, 17, I was not 
thinking of doing stuff like this to other people. And then also yeah, it yeah. speaks to like what their parents are doing. You're not getting this from yourself. Like this is generational. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. these, these ideas and beliefs that you hold come from your parents or whoever you're directly, you know, affected by and hopefully yeah. their parents are um brought to themselves and saying dang how could i have <laughs> how could i have raised my children better mm, but um wow. but i'm not surprised because racism no. is still a thing yeah <laughs> like, it's a huge you thing so. have you have you, have you have you encountered any racism like in the past month that you are you and you know oh traveling yeah um not direct like not like oh nigger it's like you know you know when you walk in a room and like yeah you're not wanted or like mm -hmm. you being looked at sideways. And even, which is surprising, but I guess not really. Um, when we were in New Mexico, even like the uh, the Native American community or the indigenous people, like, I'm like, oh, people of color. And then it's like, actually, no, you're still, no. <laughs> calm yourself down. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, still, <laughs> you're still black, so yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I still have viewpoints of how I interact with certain people. Come just like, you could never relate. We could get along great. But as far as like holding a true friendship. Mm. It's funny, like where, where was this video when we did the N-Word podcast? Like, right, right. This is, I was literally this is like that. perfect. <laughs> we just talked about it. Like literally we just, just talked about it. <laughs> so that's so, funny to me. That's great. Well, I mean, I think overall, um, it just seems like the culture today, man, they ain't scared, bro. They just not scared. Like, think about the fact that they just put it right on the social media. Well, you know I what I mean? Like, it's, it hasn't <laughs> changed. This is how it was years ago. Yeah. It it has not changed. And like Alicia said, their parents, this is brewed in the family culture, in their family, like, values, value systems and morals. Like, it's just carrying mm -hmm. on. Not to elaborate on this too much, but like, does that necessarily mean that the parents, you know what I mean, feel the same way as the kids, you know? I would say 90% of the time. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very difficult. Like, more things are caught than taught. And so it's very difficult for strong beliefs to come up like that. And I'm not saying no, but it's, 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 it is either you're negligent, which means you've allowed it to, 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 to grow up and you weren't. You were you weren't you know cognizant of it of what they're watching what they're thinking or you di it's direct and you directly talked it to them so I think there's still right. failures on both sides like you know and and even like this idea of the privilege of being able to call people the or like the audacity you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like that in itself is taught like not like maybe their maybe their parents aren't necessarily like oh yeah we're racist and whatever whatever mm -hmm. but you you give your children this amount of leeway, you know what I'm saying? To be able yeah, to do yeah. with, with stuff without any regard for anybody else or thinking about consequences to their actions, that's still like the parents' fault. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like at some point, sure, children do wild stuff because they just wild. Absolutely, absolutely. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, like you, you instill fear into your children for a reason. You know what I'm right. saying? And not like, you know, being, a, being afraid to live life, but fear is in like, oh, there are consequences to your actions and you're gonna have to right. deal with your actions. But I feel like a lot of people who are privileged um, don't really have to think about their actions because they're bailouts, they're things that they can just get away with. And mm. so Yeah, that's that's real true, man. I mean, I think overall, we just gotta be more, I think we have to have that conversation more frequently too. Like we gotta stop acting like the, the N-word is just not being said or felt and thought amongst the minds of everyone. You know what I mean? And we I, we had a very important conversation about that a couple of weeks ago, but at the same time, 
I feel like we got to do a better job as a culture. You know what I mean? Because like that, people are really still feeling the same way that people felt 50, 60 years ago. Nothing's really changed, but I feel like nothing's really changed because we don't really bring it up. We just kind of mm. act like it's like you're not, we, you must not be thinking that way because time is, you know, quote unquote, time heals all wounds type thing, you know, mm. but it really doesn't. But the other thing is like, what are we doing to change anything? You know, you have a large percentage of blacks that want to change the stereotype, that want to change how we're viewed. But then you have a large percentage of people that are just like, whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. When you look at TV, what are you seeing? So like, I hate watching Love and Hip Hop. Cause I'm just like, yo, what? This is like so upsetting, disgusting. All this drama between us, like, mm -hmm. why? Like, I will watch anything that puts down the Caucasian community and love it. Like, Actually, love it. We're in the right? Carol Baskin. I go like right. hello. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Since I've been home, because my wife watches that stuff, and I'll be sitting there like, yo, how do they keep getting season after season? And they all away. supposed to hate each other. Don't y'all hate each other? Aren't y'all not? Like... Actually, that's oh, yeah. one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I just like the sociology <laughs> of it all. I like I like relationships and like stuff like but that. You sure? I'm not gonna lie. I think in all my years, I would never have expected you to say that. I'm like, really? actually, maybe. <laughs> Are we judging her now? Are we no, that's, that's, that's a good thing because we've known Alicia for quite some time. So, so if I was to ask Alicia what shows you're watching right now, and loving hip hop would not be oh, what it was. That would not be one. I mean, that would come out like. Yeah. I think yeah. it's like, when I think caring, like sociologically, like yeah, that's when it like bothers me. Yeah. I like got you. No, I'm thinking like that, then it's just like, oh, whatever. Mm. But then it's just like what we're talking about. It's like, okay, we already have a destroyed image in this set group's mind. Yeah. And then you look at TV all over TV or whatever you're looking at, you're still seeing it. And it's just like, we get mad that this stuff is still happening, but we are still falling into that trap. Mm. The reality, though, is that they're securing the bag. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh... Mm. Uh, interrupt Alicia, Alicia, but they're yeah. securing the bag. They're making money, you yeah. know, off of these. That's the real, that's the true, that's the roots, right? Like, of course, they're looking stupid on TV, but the real, real question for real, for real is if you were presented with a bag that looks like 5, 10, 15, 20 million on TV show, and you all I gotta do is be like, Terrence, you ain't shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, just go in. What would you, know? you do for your Klondike bar? Like, <laughs> you know, what would you do? Would you, would you, you know, do that for the for the bag, or would you be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not subjecting myself for my community to that level of. John, that what would you do was actually a good segue. It yes, was. I actually, uh, and thank you. <laughs> I thought about that, that like that alley you. <laughs> so actually, I have a new segment, guys, and it's not so new anymore because I'm not gonna say that no more. It's not new anymore, but I have a segment called "What Would You Do?" Uh, and so my first question to you is: Would you rather look ten years older from the neck up or the neck down? What I was <laughs> <laughs> ten years older from the neck up, up or the neck, or the down. neck down. Alicia, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Girl, I was sitting here like, oh, I'm gonna see what they say. Um, yeah. <laughs> like for the, the neck up or neck down, you know. You know. <laughs> I think I think it's interesting. Because women's bodies are just different. They're just different. <laughs> they, they're built different. They change all the time. Um, I, would, I guess I would say 
neck up. I'm not really, I'm not really afraid of aging in my, in my face. I think, uh, but I want my body to be healthy as you know, I haven't, you know, Lord willing had children yet. So <laughs> let's, yeah. you know, keep that as young as possible. That makes sense. <laughs> Did you eat Terrence or? or I don't know. Um, I would say the neck up. <laughs> you would rather look older from the neck up or? Cause I'm good. I'm already bald. Like, <laughs> Like, I, I, what else is there? You there's know, not, there's I, not much I, left. I look like my dad, so <laughs> what else like is there? Dad. You know, I at least want to be able to, like, if I want to start working out actively, not yeah. have to work as hard, you know, yeah, and things like that, you know, and you know, T, I mean, I, 10 years, you're already old, I'll be though. 30. Ah. I mean, I'll be 30. So I mean that's not I'm, I'm, I'm twenty. I'm, I'm twenty, so Bruh. ten years up would be <laughs> You're forty-five now. So right. ten years from now would be fifty-five. <laughs> well, all four three of you all see this middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I think I'm the opposite. You like, what's your I I I wanna keep my face looking young, so looking I can now. look ten years older looking neck down. Because I, I can still work out and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's people who are like, yeah, who are like fit. Yeah. I'm fighting against a dad bod. So I don't want a dad bod mm -hmm. uh, at all. So I'm going to say neck down too. I need, I don't care how I look up top. I mean, I am what I am. You know what I'm saying? And I already, got, I already done got my wife and Bay's, Bay already know what it is. And I look like a wolf right now. So if she could take me for right now, she could definitely take me looking 10 years old. <laughs> wolf is, a, a wolf is a little too light, John. Hey. Right. More hey, like a, you good? You more good? like a Andromeda snowman. Like. <laughs> Is there anything you can describe though, or you can compare it to for John? Um, it's called indescribable. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: Would you rather have three kids and no money, or no kids with three million dollars? Well, because you didn't phrase that question right, I will take no kids and three million dollars. Because I can still have children. No, you can't. Why do y'all keep saying that? Would you, <laughs> you rather have three question, kids right? you and didn't no take money? That out. Listen, three kids and no money. You know, you have no possibility of uh, making any money. You have three kids or no kids with three million dollars. There's you have you can never have a child, huh? And you can never have a child. You can never have a child. You can't make any money. You've got to look for loopholes that I've already made clear, Tony. You can't I, make any money and you can't have no kids on either side of the, the spectrum. You go first. Who? Me? You. Nah. I, I, I got to think about this. I actually would say, I actually would say something surprising, but I want to see what y'all say. So what do you, what do you see, T? What do you say, T? You got, you got two kids right now. Hey, I know, man. Would you want the money or the kids? That's not enough money. I, I think I'll pick my kids. That's not enough money. That's, if you, that's if you the start, reason? Yeah. <laughs> that's so honest. There's, so there's an amount. That's what I want to make sure. Yeah, I so look, I'm t listen, there's an amount that I would do away with stress. <laughs> and they, my kids are definitely like, I, it, I, I would be in the billions, I think, before I would get rid of my kids. Alicia, you got future kids? What you thinking? <laughs> Your future kids. Trade off for My future kids. For $3 million. Mm, I, I think... $3 million isn't a lot. It's, it's not. not like when you really think, especially in the DMV, that's not a lot of money. So <laughs> <laughs> at all, at all, 
Um, I think, you know, the heart in me is like kids, but then it's like, I could have $3 million and then maybe with the potential of making more money, be able to maybe adopt kids. I don't know if that's still like, you know, an option. I don't yeah. know the rules, but. I could buy a kid. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Relentless to the podcast does not endorse the views of Dr. Robinson at all. Okay. And that was Terrence Robinson. All right. <laughs> I don't buy kids. <laughs> so, 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 what you think, man? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm stuck between the two. Like, because I'm thinking like Alicia, like, I was thinking like adoption. And then I was thinking, like, T, three million is not a lot. And the love of a child will outweigh having the money. Come on. And that's actually surprisingly what I what I was gonna say. Like I after mm-hmm. having a child, I could never I but I, I feel like that that's the one part of this question is like, well, do you already have a child or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If you, are, if you don't have a child, you probably would like, give me that three mil for real. <laughs> but if after having one, you like start to see a child but develop and da 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 whatever. You like man, I can't, I can't. I love my kid. So yeah, if, if I can switch it, like it's so it's easy if I picture it with, with not having kids, but but as soon as I hear it, it's like okay, the kids I already have are now gone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like instantly like, like that makes me say no. Yeah. But if I could go back seven years mm-hmm. and didn't have any kids, I feel like I would struggle with that like a little bit more. Like Give me that. Yeah, like, yeah, give me that bread. Like, you know. I mean, I get government assistance, so I'll take the kids. Okay. There you go. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Last question. I think Terrence kind of alluded to it. Which, but he he said that. So the, the third one I have is: Would you rather continue with your life or restart it? Oh, restart. Terrence says restart. Restart. I gotta know. I got you said that quick. I want to know why. <laughs> There's so many things I would have. I mean, some I, would, I probably would have done. I would have probably done school quicker. I would have changed that. There's so many things I would have, like, restart, like, you know? Gotcha. There's so many things. Leisha, what'd you think? You mean, like, from birth? Yeah, you start all over. Like, would you rather continue with the life you have right now or start yeah. all the way over? Would I have the knowledge I have now? No. You just start oh, well, then, over. I'm just keep going. Because, I mean, I'm probably... <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the same thing I already did. <laughs> oh, yes. No, you ain't, you ain't yeah. shit a little tidbit. Yeah, I'm going. That's how I feel. Y'all are like, hilarious. See, is my life going to happen the same way and I'm able to make different decisions? Right. You can make or is this you like make you just won't have the knowledge of the decisions that you made this life. I'm going to make some other dumb ones. And then let's edit. Am I restarting in 2020? Maybe restarting from 1972 when you were born. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was too easy. I just want y'all to know I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just older. I'm just older than them. When you was fighting with Dr. King, you would just stop fighting with him and just do whatever else you were doing. <laughs> I would keep going. Yeah. That, but that that's changes in my opinion. Like, like I have to start over right now. No, I'm uh, if I, I if I was a kid living in 2020, I probably would have gone viral so many times. <laughs> I made a lot of dumb decisions like without social media. So I think yeah. life sucks for kids now. They don't go outside. Oh, yeah. They don't do anything. Like yeah. everything has just changed. Like I would go on three hour bike rides like <laughs> with a couple yeah. friends and come back before my mom got off and like nothing ever happened. I threw so many oh, house parties. My mom said she was going out of town, and I threw a party. Every, no all the time. What'd you say, T? 
I said, I threw so many house parties with my, oh, she, oh, my mom. She, she follows us too. Oh, shoot. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> Ignore that. Um, no, nah, I, I feel that, man. I actually, uh, I actually would start over though. I think, I mean, I think, I don't really know. It's a good, it's a good question to at least think about. Cause I'm like, man, I, I would make different, different decisions, but I would have hoped that I would still lead to the same spouse and kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but, but as far as like, man, before meeting her and all that, bruh, yeah. I would have did some different things. You know what I mean? So Definitely, yeah, I agree that. That's what, that's what I was Definitely. thinking about. But yeah, if, if I didn't carry the knowledge I have now, I, I wouldn't start over because there are certain, definitely some things that I would do differently with the same knowledge yeah. like of how it played out. Um, and being able to really sift through and make the right decision. Yeah. Man, I, really, I Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say I probably would not end up where I am now you're if so, I had started over with no knowledge. You're so successful, Tone. You're like, you're like you know what I mean? I'm serious. I, I'm proud of you. You're like, 25, you. you're like 20, 22 years old and farther than I was when I was 27. <laughs> <laughs> But, I am but, now thirty. Yeah, I know, so. I know, I know. But just saying. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. I think that that was. Look, I I think that so far, I'm loving this episode because we talked about some great things. Um, and just kind of some scenarios that you guys hopefully could think about at home. Um, would you restart your life or would you take three million dollars instead of your kids right now? I know I wouldn't, but you might be like, man, give me the three mil. I don't want my child. Uh, anyway. <laughs> We wanted to, like I said at the beginning of the episode, start talking about this conversation when it comes to depression. That's why we brought Alicia on. Um, Alicia's going to kind of share a little bit of, of her life when it um, relates to uh, dealing with depression and, and everything. So Alicia, if, if you could kind of like form into a thought or a sentence, just say, what is depression? Like, what what what, what is that? Yeah. Um, so I, I want to start by saying I'm not a medical f- professional. Um, and I think my experience with depression is not like a one size fits all kind of thing. I feel like, so I guess there are many reasons why someone can become depressed, whether it's like major life events or chemical imbalances, or it could be hereditary. Um, but depression, what I would call is kind of like heaviness that you can't really shake. Um, and they say usually it lasts longer than two weeks. So they, so doctors mm-hmm. say like, if you're, if you're depressed for two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, or less, and it's kind of like, okay, it could just be like sadness or something. But if it lasts longer than two weeks, then it's usually classified as depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who are depressed um, or experiencing depression, they can be irritable. They can be angry. They can be, uh, they can suffer with sleeplessness. They can sleep too long. They can eat too much. Um, but it's usually like a loss of interest and vitality. Um, because I, I think a lot of people think it's like, oh, you're just sad. And it's like, no, it's it's more than that. It's more than just mm-hmm. being sad. It's like so you just feel hopeless, you know, and sometimes you can't put your finger on it. So wow. Yeah. Love that definition. And no, Alicia's not a uh a, a medical professional. <laughs> However, um, we just thought it would be important to have someone that speaks um from a lens of you know what she's actually experienced and gone mm-hmm. through when it comes to depression. Mm-hmm. Um and although I think I personally believe something to be true, but we'll discuss this, I guess, a little bit more later. But depression, I feel like it floats through anyone. It's not necessarily like, mm-hmm. a, you know, yep. you, you mentioned that it, it happens through trauma and it can happen through various other ways that it's triggered or maybe initiated. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you know you struggled with it? How did you know you struggled with depression? What was your yeah. thought? Um, I think I actually struggled with depression longer than I actually, I guess, 
knew that I struggled with it when I was younger. Um, so I was an only child for like seven years. And so I was just very to myself and like very alone and like reading a lot and stuff. Um, but there was a lot of turmoil in my home. So um, my father was abusive. Uh, he was very angry. And so I think I just kind of like internalized all of that. And I think mm -hmm. because as a child, you don't really know how to process things. <laughs> You're just kind of like, okay, well, this is normal life. Um, but it wasn't until I was, I think, a teenager, like maybe 13, that like I started like um, self-harming myself. I started taking like pills for no reason. Like it was just, when I think back on it, it's really crazy. Cause I'm like, literally I could have died, but like, mm -hmm. I'm still here. Um, um, I was, I would bruise myself and stuff like this. And it, it was because I wanted to feel something. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't like grasp anything. And I know that doesn't really make sense, but like I was doing all of these things in school. I was making like straight A's and all this other stuff, but it still wasn't enough. Like it didn't feel mm -hmm. good enough. And, um, and then so, so that was happening when I was a child. When I got to college, I was um, 18. I had just broken up with someone I was supposed to marry. And my parents got divorced as a freshman in college. And so um, I'm usually like the go-to for my mom. And so when I was at Towson, uh, I felt very helpless. I just felt like, oh, I'm supposed to fix everything. I can't fix everything. And so then I started drinking really heavily. And so um, it wasn't until um, I crossed into an organization that um, one of my sisters was like, maybe we should go to counseling. Like maybe this is something we can, you know, go and like talk about it. Um, with somebody else. And at first I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. But it got really bad to like where I was like skipping meals to drink. And I know it's like a big jump, but I was like, yeah, I just wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel joy. And that was the only way that I could feel it. And so um, we went to counseling and that's when they first told me like, yeah, you know, you struggle with, it seems like you struggle with depression. Of course, like they can't just like, oh, one meeting, they have mm -hmm. like tests and things like that um, yeah. to make sure that that's what's going on. And so, yeah, that's how I found out that I was struggling with depression. Wow. Good friend. Yeah. Yeah, really good friend. Yeah. Um, we all, I don't know if you feel comfortable diving a little bit deeper into your story. Okay. Um, so when you mentioned depression in terms of, um, not, not even depression, but when you mentioned your your father being abusive, to what extent were we speaking to? Like uh, like like verbally abusive or physically abusive? Do, mm -hmm. do you want to speak to that? Um, both. So okay. first he was, when I was younger, he was abusive towards my mom. And then when I became older, um, I started defending her because I'm like, you're not going to put your hands on my mother. That's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so then my mother got sick um, because she struggles with like rheumatoid arthritis. And so it's like a, it's, a, it's a disease. It's not just arthritis. It's from stress, like stress triggers it. And so mm -hmm. she literally could not do anything. So she struggled with depression herself. And so I was taking care of her. I was taking care of my younger brother. And so my father would just come in and just be wilding out. And um, then he started hitting me. And so at some point, I'm like, yeah, no. So we would like literally be fighting, like literally be fighting, um, fighting each other. And eventually, like he left, but that trauma was still there. That was like yeah. undealt with, mm -hmm. you know. So that, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So man, that was. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how had and this is kind of even not on one of the questions I had, but just hearing you talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. How had that affected uh, your marriage, like to uh, Jamal? Like, how did mm -hmm. that? How did that work out? Like, with you having because a lot of people say you marry your father, yeah, um, husbands, you know, you marry your your mom to some degree, and who you choose to marry when you marry yeah. your spouse. So, how did that? How did you filter through that process, if you don't mind? So? No, sure. Um, which is crazy because he has the same birthday as my father, which is really strange. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, like today's his birthday. Today's, today's also my father's birthday. 
So, um, oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, weird AF. Okay. It's very strange. <laughs> um, very strange. And, and I don't even think I knew until like later. And I was like, wait, no, this is weird. Because I had heard that like you marry, um, you marry your father, like, you know, nine times out of 10 or whatever. And so, mm. of course, that was off putting for me because I'm like, I don't really want to be with my dad. Like, no, he, he right, wasn't. Right. And then, like, I, me and my father have started working out, working through our issues and stuff like that. But, and so I give him grace to be like, he didn't know how to be a father um, because his father didn't know how to be a father. So it's like, okay, you only know what you know how to, you know how to do. But yeah, at first, like there were issues that we had, like when we would get into arguments and stuff like that. Um, at first, Jamal was very animated with like his arms and stuff like this. And so little things like that, I'd be like, uh, can you not like, you know, I, I would be triggered. And so, even though he wasn't threatening, it was still like, to me, it was it all making took me back to like my yeah, dad, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. I would tell him like, hey, next time, can you never do that to me ever again? Like not do that to me, but like swell up on me like that again. And he's been kind enough to not, to be literally like while we're arguing, like think about, okay, let me not do that. <laughs> you know, let me, let me call myself. Let me be, <laughs> let me be more reserved. Um, mm -hmm. And and I think like, before I, before I met Jamal, like I had dated other men who did resemble my father in a lot of ways, whether they were emotionally unavailable, whether they were abusive and mean, or like, you know, it's like I was trying to find a guy to be like, love me. You know what I'm saying? Like never having a man that like really loved me unconditionally. Like that's what I wanted. And I feel like I took a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. And it's, it's such a, it's such a cliche, but it's true. Like, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't care how old you get, you're always going to want the love of your father. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so yeah. Um, I think in a lot, and sorry if I'm on a tangent. Um, my, my aunt experienced the same kind of thing, uh, my father's sister. And she was saying how her husband, her husband in a lot of ways was her father. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And it's like showing her love that she needed, taking care of her. Like she didn't know what that was until she met her husband. And I feel like in a lot of ways, that's what Jamal is to me. Like, okay. This is what you know. what I'm saying like this is how a man's supposed to act, even when it's uncomfortable. So that's yeah. that's great. That is yeah, very interesting. I mean, it comes with its difficulties, but especially on my part because I'm just like, you know, sometimes like it has nothing to do with him. It's just what's been going on in my mind. So mm -hmm. yeah, Javale's amazing too. Like I mean, we all yeah. knew each other from um, Alpha. We all crossed into Alpha and Omega. Yeah. Christian Fraternity Incorporated, um, <laughs> and that was years ago for some of us, and actually almost all of us, because we've been, this is at least 10 years, mm -hmm. I think everyone was called, mm -hmm. um, and we met each other through that organization. Um, some of us went to school together. Tony didn't go to Towson, but hey. Oh, I did not. Everyone <laughs> go there, all right? I'm going to make some Bowie State. Hello, Bowie State. Everybody makes yeah. some bad choices in life. So. Yeah, I'm about to say, that might, be, that might be his restart. You know, we never know. I wish y'all would love you, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, I definitely, I appreciate you telling that because I'm sure that that is add difficulty to your your relationship with him, which mm -hmm. I, I should say, like trying to not be in any way triggering for you uh, within your relationship with him as a married couple, right? Yeah, which is also kind of not fair on his part too, because it's like he wasn't there for any of the stuff. He wasn't, you know, um, present for the stuff that's going on. But I do appreciate that he. Uh, is thoughtful enough to try yeah. to work through it. So, if you could isolate one moment that was probably the like, it, I mean, this is the hardest moment, most difficult moment while dealing with depression. You mentioned alcohol abuse and what have you. Is there one moment or scenario you that comes to to mind? 
Um, I think so. I think uh, this moment was really kind of triggered by, I guess, like my friends at the time. So um, people I was friends with, they knew that I was struggling with depression. And uh, yeah, there was like almost sometimes like a daily fight. And one of my friends was telling me that if if I was depressed and I didn't have my relationship right with God, right? And so they would keep saying stuff like this to me um, or that I should need counseling. God is my counselor. Uh, what else? Just very, just very like mean. And I don't, I don't even know if they were trying to be mean. I think they were trying to be churchy. I was going to say save, but like be very like, oh, well, God will fix all your problems and stuff like this. And, and I think for a while I was like, well, something is wrong with me. What is wrong with my relationship? Like, am I not like, why am I not happy? But then I'm reminded of like scripture, David's depressed. Um, like, you know, Job, mm -hmm. like all these people. And, and in a lot of ways I felt like Job, right? Because Job's friends were like, what is wrong with you get up? Like you're, mm -hmm. you, you had to sin to bring this on yourself and da, 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 just being very um, unsupportive. And, I, and I, I don't think that they had ill intentions. I just feel like they didn't have the knowledge or the wisdom or the language to really uh, be supportive. So I feel like a lot of the, and so a lot of my friends turned away from me. Like they left me, they abandoned me, they called me crazy. Oh, you're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a nut house. Um, like just really mean and evil, evil things like that. So mm -hmm. of course that brought about more depression because it's like, oh, I'm being abandoned again. I'm being yeah, left like being alone. Like being yeah, alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like something about you is yeah. It's 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 interesting because like, like as you're talking, so especially and I was doing research too mm -hmm. about like how like trauma triggers. Because I remember, I remember, I remember the two times I felt the most alone, and they were they were two different instances, but they both triggered depression for me. Mm. Um, when I lost my grandma, because my grandma died in my actually my actual bedroom, mm. and I remember being depressed for quite some time, and I couldn't let my mom know because my mom was actually, you know, my mom was actually that was her mom, right, so it was right. like, so I had to like fake it for my mom, but I was depressed for a while, and funny enough when. I was put over on me. I used to, I was married before and I was engaged. And then when she left me and it was so weird that loss, although one person died and the other person, the loss equally felt the same because right. it's like, you are no longer here. And I started digging to that, that thinking that lost is lost no matter what form it comes in, because it's still the emptiness that you no longer had. And I remember, I'm not sure John knew, but I remember that second loss, I remember I literally was about to jump over a balcony. Like the we had a balcony in our apartment and I just I kept staring at it for like some time and like just do it. Like just yeah. do it. Like just do it. And it's like a voice that's saying just do it. Just mm -hmm. do it. Just do it. And that's when I'm like, yo, I that's when I realized I struggled with depression. Mm -hmm. You know, and um and I was in counseling when I was younger, but this was a different. Like it was just like, yo, like you really and it's weird, but being an introvert slash extrovert, which is an ambivert, is weird because you get these pockets. Like I get these pockets of depression, and you find things that you find things to do to like to like cope with depression. And I'm just like like kind of like like your friends or like how you might mentally like say, "Hey, I'm not depressed. It's just you know I'm not. I'm just not feeling it right now." And no, you 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 are struggling with depression, and and it may come and go. You're having a moment. And you own it in that moment, and and if and like like you said, if it gets to two weeks, you need to seek help. Like like you have to, and that's one thing where I failed because 
us, we try to like, especially men, we try to tough it out. We try to say we're not, we're not that. I got this. Like, are you kidding me? I can't be depressed. Like, this is me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm doing all these things, trying to accomplish all these things. You know, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. I got to face these students. You know, and I'm sitting there as a teacher. Like, I don't know how I'm going to work tomorrow and face these kids, but I got to do it. Like, you know, and it's just like, I, it's just like I remember that those, the thing that you said that would that trigger me was like they, they can be triggered by events, mm-hmm. and it can happen like like that and then then you're, then you're in it you know and then one of the things that i started doing is i would actually start cutting people off because i then i'm now fighting people to bring me out of it like you know like i'm like i don't want i'm like i'm alone i'm, I'm blocking people off i'm turning my phone off and this because i don't want nobody to bring me out of it because even that right there is 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 i don't know it's like it was like doing something to you yeah like you know just just to you know just to burden and yeah 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 I don't mm-hmm. want no help. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let, let me do this by myself. But mm-hmm. then I really don't want to be alone. Like, like yeah. makes sense. I don't want to be alone, but yeah. I want to be I, alone. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes too, like depression can, it can feel comfortable. Like, like, oh, okay. Like this sadness, I know. Right. But this joy that I, that I want to, that I want to experience. Cause it's really hard because I think when people see me, they're like, oh, Alicia's so happy. Alicia's so joyful. Oh, no, no, no. Like that's like that, like almost like I'm one dimensional, right? Like I'm I'm just I just have one emotion all the time. And it, and the truth is I feel deeply. So if I'm happy, I'm very happy. If I'm sad, I'm very sad. If I'm mm-hmm. angry, I'm very passionate about my anger. And so I think it was off-putting for a lot of people when it's like, oh, the person who's you know really happy is not happy anymore. Oh, well, something must be wrong with her then, right? And so to me the the comfort of like the darkness of not you know not seeking help because it takes work it takes work to mm-hmm. to fight depression you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't have the energy to even show up for yourself like to be like okay let's try to get out of bed today or let's you know and it, it and it varies i i you know understand that there's some people like some some people is like debilitating and some people can it's like walking pneumonia right like it's like you can function but it's like oh but i'm really sick inside i'm not dealing with something mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. As you said that, you know, I think a lot of people expect depression to look this exact way, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, no, depression is not real. I don't have it, whatever. No one around me has it because it doesn't look like this. Right. However, you can actually be battling, you know, depression in a very slight way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I thought about, like, when I went away to college, like Allegheny College of Maryland, it was a bit like, you know, sleeping a lot, you know. Um, that was a thing. Or, you mm. know, I stayed in my room, stayed to myself. Um, and so, like, thinking about thinking about that and the different ways that depression can play out, it was like, yeah, I probably did struggle with it, but didn't recognize it because mm-hmm. I didn't know what it looked like, what it was, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people have to do a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of work to even figure out, like, what yeah. you're actually dealing with because... <laughs> You're mm-hmm. going through the day to day, but you have to literally have to stop and like piece it all together and be like, wait, this doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that, a lot of what has been said has been so so good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are really opening up, and I appreciate that. I feel like um, you know, I didn't know about Terrence struggling with depression, looking at our balcony, considering jumping, like you know. And I think it kind of presents a larger point, which is it's just not popular in our community of black mm-hmm. people to yeah. share weaknesses. It's just not mm-hmm. like we want to mm-hmm. share strengths. We want to share, like you were saying, Alicia, happiness and joy 
Um, and then I think there's a, something to be said even about people's expectation of you to mm-hmm. always be that thing, even when you don't feel that thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you're like, I would need you to be happy. I need you to be funny, this, that, and the third. Yeah. And you feel like your actual feelings are like, man, I don't even know how I'm gonna get through today, but you're just like, but you wanna meet mm-hmm. their expectations of you, yep. which is just equally dangerous. Cause you never, yep. you never actually feel your feelings, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, most of y'all, y'all, all of y'all know, I lost my mom like a month before I got married. Like, so, mm-hmm. You know, there you talk about triggers, you know, mm-hmm. um, man, there were so many triggers with that to eating so much, so much, like you just said, like eating a lot, um, drinking a lot of alcohol um, and just like it's not like uh, overtly obvious. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that's just like I just come home like everybody drinks. You think you kind of rationalize it. You think everybody right. drinks mm-hmm. when you get home, everybody. But you're doing it every single night. You're, on mm-hmm. and, um, you're eating a lot. Right. So. My um, weight just like exploded once I got married. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it, I mean, clearly when you get married, you can just get bigger because you just mm-hmm. be eating out. But mm-hmm. not aside from even that though, it's just the actual realness of, I lost my mom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I lost somebody that was mm-hmm. a rock within my life. And you're trying to cope, hoping that those coping mechanisms will save you from the realness of what you feel. And so like you were saying, Alicia, um, I think like you were kind of, or maybe Terrence, but like mentioning that your spouse has to handle the brunt of that because my wife, I would just, I would get mad at her just to mm. show a feeling of some kind. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense to y'all, but like, mm-hmm. just, like she would do something super silly, super not important, but I would just be like, man, what's wrong with you? And I'm angry, at, but I'm angry mm-hmm. at my mom not being here. I'm not angry at her. And it would be days later that I'd be like, man, I so sorry. I know what that was now, but I didn't know that I didn't have the clarity then and we would have to revisit, and, and I just wouldn't share. I just wouldn't share any of that with anyone, and that's the community kind of making you feel like you know this, that, and the third about you know mental health awareness and what have you. And then on top of that, they'll be like, "Man, you getting real big, you know," and you don't even realize the root of. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's interesting, John, because like cause, you know we're all believers here. Like, how, like I feel like sometimes that the black church has not helped, has not helped this like. I, one of the things that like about my and because I'm a, like a very strong believer in like in God, but and I've but I've always been honest. I'm not really. I have issues with church. I really have very deep rooted issues with with black church, with organized religion, or etc. Because I I feel like at times where God has given us like tangible things and has pushed us towards you, there there are t- I gave you the ability to seek out tangible solutions. Mm-hmm. Like if you're sick. I would like you to go see a doctor. Like right. that's why I created this field of medicine. That's why, like, if you believe everything about me, you know about me. That's why I created it, not for you to be like. And so I feel like sometimes the black church, like, like, like you, your friends were saying, like you, you have, a, you have a problem with God, which is why he's not doing these things. You need to get right with God. And I feel like that would be the response, like, oh, he's not crazy. You know, she just needs to. And 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 a, it's not even just black church. Like as an educator. One of the yes, yeah, so like as an educator, we I have I'm, I mean I'm contacted with thousands of people with with um types of, of mental health issues and etc. And if for some reason with with people of color, and it could be I, I'll be honest with you, it even gets worse when I'm talking from people of color who come from different like nations. Saying that your child has a a mental disability or, or could possibly have a mental health issue is like you don't know what you're talking about. Not my child. 
I'm not putting them on medicine, like all these different things. It's just like, and when I'm like, but you don't understand your child's not learning and they're struggling with their ability mm-hmm. to, to learn. And this could be a reason you should at least seek. No, that's okay. I've had parents withdraw their kids. Mm. And after we've done what we needed to do, you know, we've, we've done what we needed to do. Like parents have just literally picked up their kids and withdrew, withdrawn them and gone to a different school trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, talking, something comes to mind. Like one of the hardest questions that people ask and don't realize how hard it is to answer is why didn't you say anything? Like when you ask somebody, why didn't they say anything? Like you have to realize like there's some feelings that you just can't describe. You can't just answer the question, why didn't you say anything? Because the person that's asking will probably never understand. And they are the reason why you don't say anything, (laughs) you know? That's good, man. Like anything you want to add, Alicia? I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I think uh, just this idea of mental health, and especially like I'm just speaking as a black person because I'm black. But like, I think like in our community, um, we've never really had the space or the time or the privilege to really explore mm. like our mental health. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always about survival. Like that's what we that's what we've been doing for at this point 400 years. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I, I think. Um, when we even, and I hate to get like real like historical or whatever, but like I really feel like this plays a part because, you know, as slaves we had to endure so much trauma and nobody spoke about it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like because it was a common thing. It's like we all we all traumatized. Like we're all in the same mm-hmm. we're on the same boat here. And so I think this idea like you go from slavery um, to even to now or even like to the civil rights era. Like right. So you you see black people then versus enslaved. It's like oh well we're privileged now so we should be happier. We should be we should be uh, better um, suited for like life and things like that. But the truth is like this trauma, this even like abuse and stuff like that, that's that's generational. Like that that doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This, this alcoholism, that's generational. Like, yes, like even when people talk about like spiritual things, I also think just like, like familiar. Like if, you're, if your father doesn't, as a black man in the fifties, doesn't feel like he can really express himself, you know what I'm saying? And, um, everybody's just like, well, just, you know, just keep on going, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and keep it pushing. And mm-hmm. your parents don't give you the room to like, be like, Hey dad, I'm sad. You know, it's like, put that sadness away. We got stuff to do. There's not, there's never enough time. And I feel like That's now, good. I feel like now, uh, there's a privilege that I have that maybe my mom didn't have that. Maybe my grandmother didn't have where I can go to counseling where, where even though it's still looked down on, I still feel like it's it's more acceptable now. Like, and and even when I first went to first went to counseling, there was still some like rebuttal, I think, with my mom because I don't think she really understood it. Like me, me accepting that I have a problem is a problem for her. And it's like, mm-hmm. why is that a problem for you? Like, no, like I do need help. And I think everybody can benefit from counseling, not just people who are depressed or like who are struggling. Mm-hmm. Everybody can benefit from counseling. And um, I think there's a privilege that I have now that my that I hate my ancestors, yes, did not have. And so I'm gonna take advantage of that privilege and I'm gonna go to counseling because I want my kids, I don't want my kids to be screwed up because of stuff I didn't deal with. And I mm-hmm. understand there's, I can't fix everything. Like I can't protect my kid from everything because I'm not perfect. But at the same time, I want my kid to feel comfortable enough to be like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little down. Is this normal? Like, yeah, no, let's take a self-care day. You know what I'm saying? Like, and let's really explore these feelings instead of just like pushing them down because we're so busy trying to do everything else, trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, that was great. I think that that's very true. Um, and we're not made, like you said, we never have space to 
even think or breathe about yeah. the the reality of this is what I'm really feeling. Uh, this is how I've, I've I've experienced X, Y, and Z. Triggered by X, Y, and Z. Now mm -hmm. I have to. Can I feel my feelings, please? Like you mm -hmm. have to almost ask permission to feel your feelings in a real way, and especially in a culture where every success is viewed as like you're being happy, you look happy, Instagram happy. Yeah. happy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so in that in a world of today where everything is like. I'd rather at least look happy than actually be happy. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the wave, you know. So yeah. it's 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 layered. It's not even just like the one layer of oh, this is how years ago, you know, historically we were oppressed. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like yeah, we were oppressed. On top of that, we don't really talk about our feelings. On top of that, there's some unspoken cultural things that we just do. Like mm -hmm. you yeah. just know not to bring up depression because then you yeah. look crazy and amongst your amongst your people. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you just you you associate Wayne Gates to just or gaining weight to just oh I you know not that you're depressed you're just fat like because yeah. culturally we're just supposed to be fat like it's just so many things mm -hmm. that are embraced as this is mm -hmm. the cultural norms versus no this actually a deeper rooted issue that has never been exposed and maybe mm -hmm. now I can feel my feelings to expose them. Um, mm -hmm. I, go ahead, T. No, I say I I think that's uh, one thing you said. Alicia says that. Yeah, I'm glad you at least talked about counseling because I've, I've and, and and just so to be clear, and I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later too. But it, like, depression is only one side of mental health, yeah. you know, and 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 but but it's it's a very strong side, and it's also a side that's very hard to diagnose and 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 oftentimes hard to hard hard to treat too. And so it's just like, and and yeah, some people some people will be able to like I think like I was at least at, at some points able to pull myself in and out of it like without counseling i emphatically believe i should have gotten myself in counseling immediately um um well, one of the things as i got older i was able to do is realize like i think it's important realizing your triggers what triggers these moments of depression and i know for me social media is a huge trigger and so that's why i, I pull myself from it why like, do you say social media is a huge trigger um i think i struggle with comparison I think that's that's that is I, I'm supposed to be here, and then and seeing myself not there and constantly seeing that, and that might be like it, it, I'll give a perfect example. That might be me getting uh, bad news about something that I have to pay, and now I, I have I don't like when my my when my expectations change and like 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 with anything, and so now I have money that I thought I had that didn't come in, and then mixing that I might see something on social media, mixing that I might see this, like you know what. And so before I used to just, I used to just weigh on me, mm -hmm. but now I just said, you know what? Let me close out of social media. So I'll just yeah. delete it from my phone and I'll yeah. give myself a time limit when I'm mentally able to go back to it. And I'm saying that like, even as a man, yeah. lots of people think that's just women do like, as a man, I have to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, as I have to like say, yo, I, I gotta be ready to go back to this. Otherwise, like, you know, and so it's just knowing your triggers is really important and some people can't you won't be able to find it out without going to counseling and so I, like i'm the, the more and more i got in my field and the more and more that I, i've encountered like young people who in who who have mental health issues it's perfectly it, it it's not a death sentence it is very it's it's it is a health related issue and so you seek out a professional, like, and so it's just like I, I am a huge fan of counseling, and I'm glad that like school districts are becoming more and more conservative, like uh, putting more money 
in towards how can we get people in the building who deal with mental health? Like, mm-hmm. no, you don't get a class. You are here for mental health. You are you are here to deal with like students who we, we already know have have these challenges and. To put, we need more, you know, PRP services and different type of things that we can have. That's what schools, like my schools, are driving towards because it is the number one leading cause of why students are not successful. Mm. It's because of mental health. It's not. It's not. It's not poverty. It's not race. Right now, it is mental health, mm. and so it's just like you got counseling to me was is, is a was. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's such a big thing. That I wish people take advantage of, and Alicia, you mentioned something earlier about how we did not have the privilege, and that privilege was really like money. Like you, you, you couldn't tell black people to go fight. Like you can't tell a lot of black people now. Everybody doesn't have health care. Mm-hmm. I was just like not debating, but talking to a friend of mine about that, who's who was talking about COVID. Like, why don't people have money saved up? And why don't you like, <laughs> like you, like you are privileged, and as a yeah. black person, you have now, you are now privileged. Yep. And, and we call this, we actually call it in this, in the, in, the, in my training, it's called you've now come to what we call whiteness. Like you are, you are now, you've transitioned as a black person where you, you think these things just come like naturally, and mm. everybody doesn't have access to healthcare. You think they do, but they don't. And so, yeah. why do you have money saved up? Like everybody does not have it. And right. so, you know, every white person doesn't have it, but I can best believe every black person definitely does yeah. not have it. Like you know, so it's just like black people. As you, when you really think about it, is because of the trauma we've gone through just through centuries, and because of like fighting through like Jim Crow, and then being being, being the first groups to be able to go to college, we are still pulling ourselves out of as a people out of poverty. So we are more likely to experience trauma, um, depression more than any other race. But we're also the least equipped to fight it. So it's just like, we're getting it from like, you know, both sides. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like, I'm really grateful that this topic came up because anytime we can shed light to it about how it, like as a black person, listen, y- you could get it. Like and, and it's okay. It's it's not it's not a death sentence. It's, it's almost a, like the coronavirus. Like you're almost more likely to get it because you're black, not because you know. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. like you know. <laughs> like you you frame it the correct way. Like, bro, you are more likely to deal with depression because you're usually gonna have lower month, like lower income coming in. You're probably not gonna have as many access to healthcare professionals. You're you know yes. you a lot of things uh, stacked against you mm-hmm. and the idea of you dealing with depression. So that that's mm-hmm. a very true point. T. Um, and one thing I want to say, like even real quick, like what you was mentioning about the money thing, I was just, um, I listened to uh, Kevin Hart's uh, podcast talking about Straight from the Heart um, on Sirius XM, and he mentioned something that illuminated you in my mind about like, man, you kind of envisioned this thing that was like Kevin Hart. Oh, you know, he don't struggle like we struggle. He don't deal with things as we as we deal with him because he's Kevin Hart. He makes all this money, and he alluded every because he said he gets like forty to fifty calls maybe a day or a week or whatever of people asking him to give them money. You know, so he's just like, bro, I, I have it all. He said, when I talk to those people, he says, I have a staff. I have lease, our offices lease that I still have to pay. I got to pay my bills. I got to pay for this, that, and the third. He kind of listed it out to them to help them understand I'm in the same predicament as you. So when you talk yeah. about like the elitism in the black community, it's like <laughs> we have a, a very skewed view of what money even looks like on various levels because mm-hmm. everyone has to fight to keep their level of status of what they have going on like whatever mm-hmm. i have my house my bills my whatever y'all don't have my bills i don't have mm-hmm. y'all so we all have to fight to keep our whatever little bit we have 
And I think mm-hmm. it made me really like, man, wow, I never thought about that. Even Kevin Hart, who was probably most prepared, has millions and millions of dollars. His money's still leaving his account while mm-hmm. no more money, new money's coming in. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm in the same predicament as y'all. So just kind of bringing that uh, to the, the forefront. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted to ask Alicia real quick is this. Have you have you always been this open about depression? Because you kind of mentioned that you said, said it early on and people were like, man, I'm done with you type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, how did that, how did you deal with that? Like, were you still sharing with people that depression was a real issue for you? Or once people just carried you, you were just like, let me internalize this, like, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't always as open about it. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, it just wasn't talked about in our house. Like we knew people were sad. And, and again, I, did, I it might be because I didn't have the language, but I, I didn't think like, oh, this is like something that could be like clinically diagnosed, right? And so, um, when again the first time i went to counseling uh, with my friend uh shout out to ade um she took me and she actually paid for me to go and so and so this this mention about money like yeah it was mm. expensive and so i'm like okay. uh, and i'm in college i can't really deal with this and also just kind of a side note i think it's also important if you do go to counseling um just for me i i like having black counselors um because it make it makes you feel less less uh like a like a social case like i feel like whenever mm-hmm. i went to like white counselors are always like oh poor you oh, right. like, oh. Mm-hmm. and i'm like no like yeah. you're <laughs> helping me not feeling bad for me right, right, but, right. Um, but i think it's with the help of those kind of counselors that actually like they were like a black person with my face is saying oh, okay like you know like like yeah, yeah like, mm-hmm. like one i've heard worse but also like it's okay like this is normal like what you're experiencing it makes sense what you've been through in your life like it makes sense. And I think having one, a good support system, um, when, when I crossed into ANQ, I went down to Howard a lot. And so the women there were very supportive of me, even if the people at my school weren't. Um, so while, while I was in like a depressive state or whatever, one of my friends would just let me go over her house and lay in her bed all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and being okay with just like feeling what I'm feeling and not trying to fix me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I feel like um, a lot of people, because they don't know what to say, like they want to be like, okay, like even with when, even with Jamile, because I think guys usually tend to do this and it's kind of like a- Yeah, a, we want to fix it. Type, yeah, like you want to fix it. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. You're sad, let's, what are we doing right now? And it's yeah. like, no, actually sometimes I just, I just want you to be like, okay, that sucks. You want, you want me to lay here with you? Like I can lay here with you in your sadness, like whether figuratively, figuratively or like, you know, just like literally laying next to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, with good support systems and things like that, I think it's helped me to be more open about um, being depressed. And it's crazy because the where I am now, where I'm not ashamed of it, I'm not like, oh, okay, something's wrong with me. Um, it took years to get to that point. Like it wasn't yeah. just like, oh yeah, I went to counseling. Okay, now I'm gonna be open about it. No, like everyone was fighting me along the way. Like even when we talked about like drinking, um, how it's get meals and stuff like that to literally drink. Like a lot of the friends I was hanging around, they thought it was normal. You know, one like it's like it's college culture, but then also like, but then also like, oh, Alicia, you're more fun when you drink because you're happy now and you're not sad. Like little people literally wow. saying stuff like that to me. So I'm like, okay, yeah. you know. So it's easier to pretend uh, with these people, but being around the right people um, really made me feel like, okay, I'm not alone. And then also social media, while it does have its downsides. Um, there are a lot of people who are sharing uh, their personal stories and their personal journeys. Right. And I and I think uh, 
I think it's it's starting to become like a new wave, right? Because I, I don't want it to become sexy. Like depression, I don't want like mm, to, to become yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like because it can be. Especially people who have who where mental health it, where their mental health issue could be something some because some, like what I've noticed in some of them some depressions is coupled with ADD, ADHD. And so the part that they're depressed also ties into the part where they need, where they're, they're attention seeking. And yeah. so it's not, it's not that it's sexy. It's, it's, it's it. actually feeding their, yeah. it's feeding them, the attention okay. they're getting. Yeah. And so I, like I've had people, I've had, I'm not, you know, I've had students who the reason why she cut herself was the attention she got when she cut herself. Yeah. And so she's not cutting herself like for any, Trigger, right? Right. Which is that at that point she knew people would gravitate towards her yeah, yeah. to try to pull her out and get attention, and that's how she sought attention. Yeah. And so. I, yeah. No, I was gonna I, to that. To yeah. that, I think I think it's scary too because you can like search a hashtag and it says depression, and then there are photos of people who have cut themselves, photos of people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, it, and it, and it. That's what I mean, like by uh by sexy like oh like let me like it's like depression culture almost you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that gets dangerous that gets dangerous mm-hmm. but I, i'm glad that there are people who are like yeah i struggle with depression and i'm fighting it or i'm trying to or mm-hmm. i'm sad today and it's okay and and just to make you feel like okay i'm not crazy and i'm not alone and mm-hmm. so um, i think having again a good support system also like being with yourself even if your family is not like accepting of like and again i hate to make it sound like that like you're like coming out or something but no like if you're if your family doesn't know how to how to handle it be okay with like well maybe they had to deal with that stuff and they never had the opportunity to deal with it and i'm hoping that my being open with it frees my mom frees my aunts free you know what i'm saying frees my mm-hmm. grandmother like stuff like that to see like no actually like what you've been through is is valid what you've been through is something you don't have to fix and one other point i wanted to bring up i'm sorry you're when you're talking about um counseling um when when my friend told me uh, you shouldn't need counseling because you have the Lord, right? And He is the counselor, right? Um, in in but scripture, the comforter. But, <laughs> but <the> comforter. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Like, no, like God put us here to be in community. Like, if we weren't supposed to be in community, He wouldn't have won all the mandates that He has for us to be in community. But also, His word says, seek wise counsel. Like, yeah. Like literally seek wise counsel. Like, yes, like you're not supposed to have your relationship with God in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? There are mm-hmm. people in your life that you can actually go to that you should be able to bear your heart and your soul to. Not everybody, but some people to be able to one, seek support and then also um, wisdom. So, you know, if you telling your friend, I wish my friend who told me that sought wisdom before she spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? This is why we have mm-hmm. people, this is why we have people in place to be like, no, that's probably not the best thing to say, or people to hold you accountable, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, again, being open, uh, is a, it has been a journey. It wasn't just like a, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm depressed, yay. Like, no, right. it's, at first it was a lot of shame, and then it came to, like, okay, no, this is normal. And then reading scripture, <laughs> seeing people, like, huge figures in the Bible who, Jesus, like, you know what I'm saying? Jesus was, in in my opinion, depressed a lot of times, like, you know, like, and so, oh, yeah. so if, if Jesus himself, the son of God, you know what I'm saying is depressed, like, okay, then there, then there one, there is hope for me, but also too, like a person with no sin is, is suffering. Then it has nothing necessarily to do with something I've done wrong. So that brought comfort and solace too. Mm, that's good. Um, t- Tony, you had something? No, I was just, 
as we're talking about this, you know, I'm thinking about something that a lot of people don't really talk about, uh, middle child syndrome. <laughs> you know, I talk about it with, you know, my wife and stuff like that, which is, because things come up now, it's just like, well, but it, it's, to me, it's like, it's very real. Like, you feel left out, you feel like no one cares, you feel like you're not getting the, the attention that you need, you're not really getting any of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your youngest sibling is getting all the attention because they're mm-hmm. the youngest. The mm-hmm. oldest is getting whatever they want because they may be doing something that they can do and they get all the attention. Mm-hmm. Like my brother played sports and I have a younger sister. Um, and then there's me, you know. So it's this is something that also plays into depression in a lot of ways. And a lot of other things that happen to adults um, that are not spoken about. And this is something that I don't think a lot of people will speak about. Um, or how it impacts them as a person, as an individual, um, their friendships, you know, their family dynamic and things like that. Even though you may have love, you don't feel it. You don't, cause you don't, it's not being done how you need it. And you start to act out to get attention, you know, kind of like, you know, um, like you were saying, you know, you bruise yourself to, you know, feel something or, you know, cutting, like Terrence said, you know, cutting yourself to get the attention. You act out in ways to get the attention that you, are seeking mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're left alone you know to figure out your feelings because you can't talk to your older sibling can't talk to your parents being black it's like mm-hmm. suck it up and just go outside or whatever mm-hmm. get over it um so that's all i wanted to say good stuff it's good uh, what triggers your depression is there anything specific that triggers it Me. yeah okay sorry um yeah so I think, like Terrence said, social media, um, for a lot of the same reasons, whether it be comparison um, or sometimes it's it's hard be- because uh, I feel and um, I think we all feel as humans, um, but I've, I'm a very feeling person. If someone is sad, I'm going to cry. If somebody's, you know, like you, you just can't like mm-hmm. help it. And so I think sometimes scrolling through social media, it's such a, an emotional whirlwind. Mm-hmm. One post is like, Oh, my dad died. One other post is like, "Oh, we're pregnant, yay!" And other yeah. post is like, "Oh, I just bought a house." And it's to me, it's just it's too much. It's like it's just too, mm. it's it's too much, and I and I can't keep up. And then I feel, then I, then when someone posts something sad and I go to something happy, I feel guilty for being happy for them when I was just <laughs> sad like two posts ago. It's just it's a crazy cycle. Yeah. Um, so stuff like stuff like that triggers me. Um, and then also, I think just thinking about, I think some thinking about some things that happened to me, abandonment is a big one. Um, again, because the person half the person who I'm half of, the guy who made me, um, like uh, left us. And so when, you know, your parent just leaves, it makes you just feel like, I mean, makes me feel like, cause not everybody feels that way. Makes me mm-hmm. feel like, well, was I not worth staying? Like, how do you leave? You know, I see, I see fathers looking at their daughters adoringly and like lovingly and just like, I can't imagine my world without them now. And I just, I just can't, bring like I can't make it make sense to yeah. make to like leave something creative like I think about if, if we have kids I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that you know what I'm saying and because being an option was like that with my dad I feel like again in relationships I was in it was like that I was an option or friendships it was an option like oh it's really easy to leave you Alicia like it's fine even though I invest a lot in my relationships mm-hmm. like when I say I love you I mean it when I say I'm there I'm there and I think um for people to just kind of leave people, I don't understand that. And so with stuff, when stuff like that happens, it's very triggering. Um, and also striving. Striving is a trigger for me because, and, and when I say striving, I don't mean 
trying to better yourself uh, for the sake of bettering yourself or whatever, I think striving to me is like trying to do something beyond God, if that makes sense. So trying mm -hmm. to make things happen for myself without God's help, trying to like force things to happen. Like even um, like I mentioned before, we had jobs lined up back in the DMV and because of the virus, everything got shut down. Like mm -hmm. I was depressed for like a month because I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'm broke. I never had no job. I never had, I, I never not had no job. Like, I, right. like I've been working since I've been 16. I've had three jobs at once. Like I want to be able to provide for myself. And in this state of like rest where God has been calling me to rest, like I have been depending on other people like this whole time because I had to quiet my pride, right? It's like, oh, actually you think you're the one doing all this stuff. Actually it's me, you know? Mm -hmm. So having, um, having food because we're at Jamal's parents' house, like having somewhere to stay, um, literally humbling myself and accepting help. Um, and also quieting that, quieting that spirit in me that needs to strive, that needs to like, I need to be doing better. I need to, I need to always be uh, improving. And I can mm. never just sit with myself still enough to appreciate where I am, to be thankful for where I am and uh, to really appreciate the process. I don't even know if that makes sense. Just like just in life in general. Mm -hmm. It's such um, a tension though, right? Because you're, you know, uh, you know, cause you want to, it's like, I want to like yeah. strive, but yeah. I also don't want to strive. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, so it's a, yeah. it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Like the pressure is everywhere. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, you gotta. And I, and I think that's why, like one of the videos I posted while I was so frustrated because I kept seeing uh, these. And I, I think people posted it with good intentions. Like, you know, if you didn't, if you don't come out of this, you know, out of quarantine without like a job or like a hobby or like a business or something, it means that you just, you, something like you did not have the time. You just didn't, I don't something about like dedicating it or whatever. And so yeah. and it's, it's like hustle culture. I hate hustle culture. I hate it with, I hate it with a passion. Like <laughs> I hate it. Like, and, and I get it like, cause yes, I do want to, I do want to make things happen. I do want to, you know, I do want to build a business. I do want to, you know, accumulate wealth and all this other stuff. But at what price, at, at what is the expense of it? Is it, is it worth my mental health? Is it worth my physical health? Is it worth the mm -hmm. health of my marriage, of my mm -hmm. relationship with my family, my friends? No, it's not worth that. Like, cause at the end of the day, if I acquire, if I acquire all this wealth, like, and I have no one to share it with, if I have no one to like, to be there with, like, I'd rather be broke and filled with love. And I know that sounds so romantic, but it's true. Like I would rather be broke and surrounded with love than like, than be striving and working. And people die at like 60 of heart attacks because they're trying to accumulate wealth for their families and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, no, like what matters are these relationships. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. and then surprisingly, when you have good relationships, you're provided for anyway. Like what good friend is gonna let you like not saying you're gonna mooch off people your whole life, but like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the connections you build, like that usually gets you to the next place, not like anything by your own effort. Sure. And mm -hmm. and I and it and it's hard because like you talk about the tension, because it's like, you know, even as an artist, I'm like, yeah, I wanna I wanna improve or yeah, I wanna um be making money and um six figures sounds great. And that would change someone's life. Um, but I think that, you know. Sorry, I'm trying to get my point. I just lost it. Dang it. Uh, okay, yes. I, I think I think the issue, I think the issue is when again, like we look we look at all these millionaires and stuff like that, and he's like Jeff Bezos or whoever. Like, yeah. what did it take? What did it cost for them to be wealthy? 
yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the people who work under them work in horrible conditions. They don't get paid. Like they're like they're not being paid well. Um, they mm -hmm. don't have good health care. And 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 I think uh, when it comes down to it, like even in the Bible, like those those empires were, will fall. You know, like you know what I'm saying? Like this mm -hmm. idea of like acquiring wealth is like uh, it's it breeds discontentment. That's my whole point. It breeds discontentment and. And I don't want to be discontent. I want to be content with like, as the word says, like with little or a lot. Like I want to be in a place where I'm not necessarily like, oh, I have to make this happen. I'm not happy right now because I'm broke. Like, yeah, I'm not happy because I'm broke. But at the same time, all my needs are provided for. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can still be good. I can still be useful even in this state right now. So I don't know. Oh, that was really good. You just listened to part one of our podcast. Uh, we will be doing part two on our next week episode. So stay tuned, guys. Continue to listen to us and support us on our social platforms. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Talk to you soon.